Hello and welcome to Red Men Radio, episode number 70. No Paul again this week. Uh, this time it's a holiday, like he's not been away enough. Uh, but I am joined uh, by Mr. Steve Noor. I'm excited to be joined by Steve today for this, the 70th edition of Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast. Uh, we do what we normally do, we'll start off with a kickoff question, we'll do news in brief. We've got one big topic, which is all based around West Ham and how good a start to the season it's been. And then we'll have a little look at uh, the title race this season. We'll discuss some of our Premier League rivals before we get into your question. So... Uh, this question comes from Twitter. It's at Ian J. Kelly. I like this question, actually. It's the draft-style Premier League five-a-side team. Only one player per Premier League team allowed. Go. And before we do it, we're going to go ABBA, A-B-B-A, on the draft. So you're going to draft first. I'll then have two picks, so on and so forth. Yep, um, I'll start off then. I'll go for Eden Hazard, number one. Ooh, Okay. Eden Hazard, number one. I'm going to take uh, Mo Salah. And? No, I'm not. I'm going to change. Do you mind? Do you mind? Kane and Firmino. Okay. Do I get two now? Yeah. I will take Riyad Mahrez. Interesting. And I will take David De Gea. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to then take... Interesting. This is difficult. Um, I'm going to take Aubameyang. Yep. And I'm going to take... I've really not thought this through. We're taking Firmino there, you know. I'm going to take Benjamin Mendy. Okay. Uh, So I've got two left then, haven't I? I'll, I'll have Mo Salah, please. That's fine. And then I will also take... See, I've got, I'm trying to go for technical players, as you can see. I've got Hazard, Mahrez, Salah. Give me Christian Eriksen. Nice choice. So I've got De Gea, Hazard, Mahrez, Salah, Eriksen. I haven't gone for defenders because I don't think you need them in five side. I have just gone for the best goalie. And then for four technical lads, you can get about the pitch. See, my plan was to go for Edison or Allison, but I fucked that with the one Premier League thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Oh, who am I gonna go for? My goalkeeper. What teams have you got left? Not many. <laughs> um, I've I've taken Tottenham. I've taken Liverpool. I've taken Arsenal, and I've taken City. You've taken the Gea from Manchester United. I've kind of fucked myself here a little bit. So it's who do I think's the next best goalkeeper in the league? Controversially, I think I might take Casper Schmeichel. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Big goalie, shot stop, and that's all you need. You don't yeah. need distributions like overrated and five aside. Don't need it. Just need someone who will stop everything. This is true. And the hay is the is the one. So who's your final five? So the hay in goal, and then Hazard, Mares, Salah, and Eriksen. And I've got Kane and Firmino. And Firmino for me was my choice of like, yeah, he's a striker, but you know what? In five aside, he's the perfect player. Yeah, yeah. Obama Young, sound. Benjamin Mendy. Listen, I've got a defender on there, but he's not really a defender. And I've got Kasper Schmeichel. Two good sides. Um, we'll definitely, definitely remember to just check this at the end of the year to see the points that everybody got in the Fantasy League. Absolutely. And then, you know, in like 51 weeks, we'll decide a winner. If uh, anyone, I say, on, wants to get in touch on the, the old Twitter, I'm, I'll get Ross to put a poll up later, which which side our team's better. Why? 51 weeks? It's all we've got to wait. Absolutely not. I'll forget. In 51 minutes. <laughs> I'll forget to ask Ross to put the poll out. So uh, we'll get that polled out. And I'm pretty sure I'll win there, by the way. You reckon? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, fine. Confidence is high. Um, I love you all. Remember that, though. Uh, so we're going to go into the news in brief. I'm indifferent. <laughs> there you go. Steve's indifferent. He is. I love every single one of you. Uh, Kane and Firmino. Firmino, yeah. News in brief. Uh, Rumours of Karius being linked to Besiktas. Now, a week after Simon Mignolet was linked with Besiktas. Grujic now rumoured to go to CSK in Moscow after turning down Cardiff. Carabao Cup, interestingly. Let's talk a little bit about this one, Steve. Uh, the rule changes. So, a few of the rule, rule, real, a few of the rule changes, if you don't know. Um, yellow cards will only count towards that competition now. No extra time, so games will go straight to uh, penalties. The penalties have changed from ABBA to AB. AB, which is just back to normal, probably no one noticed. Uh, and VAR is going to be used in all Premier League grounds throughout the competition rather than just the semi-final or the final. Any of them interest you? 
I like the no extra time thing because I think that competition, I think managers are really hesitant to play players and, it, and, and the last thing they want is thinking, Christ, if it goes to extra time, there's another 30 minutes when they're already rotating the squads anyway. So I think that, that makes sense. And listen, I remember being at Leicester last year and we, we, we were getting beat 2-0 and part of me's thinking, if, they, if we score two here, we've got to sit here for another half an hour and get home at four o'clock in the morning or something. So it isn't the end of the world if we lose. So I, I'm not too disheartened. I think that's a good plan actually. And I think, Everything they've done, they just want better players playing. So the no yellow cards is because the last thing you want is getting someone suspended in one of those games. No extra time might convince managers. Having said all that, I still don't think it'll change that particular thing. I, I still think managers will rotate, and I think they're right to. Um, but the the, the the no extra time, I think, is a big one. That if, if anything's going to encourage you to play a few better players, then I think that's probably one of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking in the office today and I've, I've said this on a show probably a year or so ago, I, I truly believe the only way that they can sort that competition out is to name a squad at the beginning of the competition. Let's say it's a 25-man squad and you've got to use those guys and it will force managers to either play the kids all the way through and trust the kids, which is better. You know, Arsenal, Liverpool have got to the final and then fecked off all the lads who got them there, which I think is really unfair on them. Or they'll end up having to put first team players into that squad if they want to win the competition, and they'll they'll play them. And I I think that's the best way. I don't know what you think on that. No, it, it would it certainly makes sense. The one thing I would change of this competition would be that two legged semi final. Mm. I think it's just go back to one leg at a neutral ground. And I know why they do it because it's midweek and they're worried about selling the ground out. But it's there's too many fixtures that time of year anyway. You know January February coming off the Christmas period. It's, it's hindered Liverpool, I think, that competition. Yeah, two years two, ago. Yeah, a couple of times. Southampton we had, didn't we? And then even before that, we got to semi and got beaten. We? We lost, we've lost the semi-final there. So it's, obviously, and then we got to the final as well. It's, it's kind of one of those where it just ruins your season, I think it can do. And that's another reason why managers aren't that bothered. But there is a there is an argument to say that you know some managers do put their eggs into that basket. Jose Mourinho always likes to get that one yep. under his belt, and yep. his teams do tend to kick on. Liverpool sides haven't really kicked on after it. You know, you think back to Kenny Dalglish when we last won it, and the Liverpool side kind of petered out. But Jose Mourinho does seem, in fairness to him, to be able to use that in the right way to propel his team forwards. Yeah, absolutely. But if, again. All these changes and the same teams will still win. You know, City have won a couple of times. Like you mentioned, United won it not so long ago. The, the best teams and the best squads tend to win it anyway. You know, I mean, it's, it's like every cup competition. It all the, the the cream always rises. You know what I mean? But I think if that I say if that competition wanted to change, I think that's the that'd be the best way. Get rid of the two semi-finals, and th- there's an argument for saying. Could you get weekend games in there? But then you know the season's long enough as it is. And we're already adapting to the fact that there's going to be a winter break and yeah, stuff like it, it, that. So I, I understand the point of it and I, I get what they're trying to do. The yellow card one is quite interesting because how many times have we seen someone with four yellow cards take a yellow on purpose to miss the midweek cup game to, to wipe out the suspension effectively? So that's That an, actually affects the Premier League, I think, more yeah, than obviously the EFL Cup, which yeah, is what you're saying. Basically, players are going to miss Premier League games rather than the EFL Cup games. So that, that's one, but that competition, I, I quite like the setup of it other than that semi final. I think it's a good competition all the way through it. Up until that point when you get to you know, you win a quarter final and then you've got two extra games and then a final in February. That's where it gets a bit much for me. Mm. I, I don't but, but other than that I think I can see what they're trying to do. I'm just not sure they're going to get the desired results from it. Okay. Uh, another little piece of news. Obviously, the Spurs fixture schedule for early September or mid-September, sorry, has now been moved to Wembley because their stadium's not going to be right. Safety fears, so absolutely unbelievable. Like, you know, that's absolutely the right call. Um, one that I find quite interesting is Ragnar Klavan. Liverpool could listen to offers for Ragnar Klavan. Where do you sit on that one? Um, I don't really see the point. To be honest, like what are you, you're going to get like a couple of million quids for selling him. Why not just keep him about? I mean, unless Klopp thinks Nat Phillips is overtaking him in the pecking order, that could be one reason. He's thought, well, I've got. Um, Have we got cover for the left side of centre half? Yeah, well, no, but that's what I'm saying. I think if, I think he's think the thinking must be, I've got Van Dijk's my first choice, and then it's probably Matip and Lovren, one of those two, second and third. Gomez is there as well, and then I think Nat Phillips is better than Klopp. And, and if that's what he thinks, then. Then, you know, I must admit, I'm a little disappointed with this one because I always feel like Clavin doesn't let Liverpool down. You know, I think he's he's good. He's playing in a sense, you know, at the left hand side of that. And other than Van Dijk, no one's really excelled there. I think Lovren came in, and we all thought he was that left side of centre half. He never really performed on that side. Matip definitely hasn't. I don't think he's played there for us. Certainly not for a consistent amount of games or a few games. 
but Joe Gomez is definitely a right-sided centre-half. So it, it seems really strange. I'm kind of with you on that. It's like, what's the point? He's under contract. He'll go for free if he wants to get game time at the end of the year. Kind of just be a little bit of a bastard about it and, and make him stay. All I can think, unless he's asked that he wants to go back to Germany or you know, something, he wants to go home for whatever reason. But, yeah, I, I'm surprised by it. I wouldn't personally be... But, I mean, listen, how many games? you might get 10 games, but they're 10 games that someone's got to play. And... I, I say unless Phillips is much better than him in Klopp's mind, fair enough. Also, I suppose maybe Fabinho goes in the centre half if need yeah. be. Perhaps is there was rumours that was going to happen at, at the weekend, and we saw that in in the second half of the three 0 friendly, didn't we? For a while, so maybe that. But yeah, I don't, I, unless it's literally because the lad really wants to leave, which you know you, you haven't really got any you know wind of you. You know well, the, well, the, the report then, did suggest know. that um, he wanted first team football or he wanted more game time. Yeah, but then. Maybe, but then why did he sign for us in the first place? Because he was never getting there. He knew what he was, you know, he knew yeah. what he was coming here for. All I can think, I keep going back to, is that someone's had a conversation with you gone actually Ragnar Nat's now ahead of you in the pecking order, and he's gone right. Well, that's yeah, that. I, I'm happy being fourth choice. I don't want to be fifth, sixth choice. So maybe that, maybe it's that. Okay, final piece of news in brief before we get stuck into what a start of the season. Uh, it's around Mo Salah. I don't want to fuel the fires too much on this one. Uh, he appears to have been caught using his mobile phone whilst in a car behind the wheel. Um, Listen, we've done a we've done the news video on it um, on Tuesday. If you want to if you want to hear some opinions on that, go and check that one out. But we are going to get into the section titled "What a Start of the Season." And Steve, it couldn't really have gotten any better for Liverpool at the weekend, could it? It was just the continuation of how good we are at home. You know, team. You can almost take for granted beating teams and battering teams because that's what Liverpool do now. And it's been so long. We, that's not normal. You know what I mean? It's like. How many years have we sat here on this show with different managers at different times where we've struggled to beat West Ham or we've struggled to beat a, a Brighton, say, last game of last season or whatever, that type of team? And now we're just turning up and we're snotting them. And the, the most encouraging thing for me was that Liverpool actually didn't get out of third gear. And I actually thought West Ham played quite well. And then they've, and they've got snotted 4-0. So we can go up a gear... And it wasn't like they were absolutely abject. This they were, is the first game of the season as well. Yeah, so not not everyone's one hundred percent. They haven't had a full pre-season behind them, which was I thought was a bit of a concern for a Klopp team, and it might prove to be as well. But that's the most encouraging thing for me. We just did. We didn't have to. We didn't go like the the full way. You know, what I mean, it wasn't like City at home in the Champions League. No, we didn't when, go when deep. We, we didn't when, have to go yeah, deep. When we were absolutely we were just on fire, we were decent. And yet, so there's more to come from us. I think West Ham are going to have a good season. They're going to finish probably around tenth. And I thought they, they played okay. They defended quite well. They had they tried to use the ball a little bit. They had a few issues in midfield, but I think that was more because of how good we were. That's the most encouraging thing for me is that usually when you beat a team four 0 you've got to be all guns blazing. Everything's mm. gone perfect for you. This wasn't that. And that that like I say that that's the thing is that we come alive in moments, and we're we're starting to have those moments regularly now. So. That's the most encouraging thing for sure. This Liverpool side reminds me of when Real Madrid came to Anfield and they beat us 3-0 in the Champions League under Rodgers. And I remember sitting in Anfield, and I think I was in the paddock at the time, maybe the main stand. Um, and the pace that they played, that was really slow for large portions of the game, but we couldn't get near them, we couldn't get the ball off them. And then they decided to score. And it was just like, bang, 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 gone, goal. And that's what this Liverpool side can do. It can be kind of pedestrian. You think about that second goal, you know, it's right on the stroke of half-time. I think I just turned around to you, we were obviously sat next to each other in the cop and said... They'll be a little bit happy that they've gone yeah. in 1-0. You know, it could have been 3-0 at that time. And they, that, you know, Pellegrini might be able to use that in his half-time team talk and get them coming out and think, like, we're, we're not out of this game, we can get something in this game. Uh, Liverpool aren't quite at the races. But you get that second goal and the lead-up to that second goal. I thought we were playing for half-time and probably West Ham did. And then all of a sudden, it's bang, 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 goal. And you're like, wow, that's what this Liverpool side can do to you. Even when you're at Anfield, even when you've got, like, two banks of four, we can just carve our way through play teams. And one of the players, you know, that we talk about... And we should talk about that length. Is Naby Keita, Steve? I mean, the lad was a proper difference maker in his first game for us. Yeah, he had a really, really strong debut, didn't he? Um, when Oxley Chamberlain was ruled out for the season, I thought that he was one player who, at the end of last season was bringing that drive from the field. So when Coutinho went, we, did, we I didn't think we had anyone who was willing to pick the ball up in the field and, and drive at the box. That just didn't happen. Keita did. Yeah. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain did it for a while at the end of last season, and obviously with him being out for the latter half and pretty much all this season now that was the one thing was like who's going to do that 
well, it's going to be him, isn't it? Because he's over for that second goal. Wonderful pass from Trent Pixmout, and then he's off. And then there's about 15, 20 yards of space, and, he's and he it. takes advantage of yeah, it. He knows sure. what he needs to do. That's, that is terrifying. The last thing anyone wants is someone running directly at them, because as a defender, you've got a choice to make, especially when there's options, and Liverpool will always have options. They will, he'll always have his full-backs to find, he'll always have the front three there or thereabouts. So there's just there's just too much. It's an overload, and you and that's how you create those overloads was by someone carrying the ball, and like I say, Chamberlain put the shit up Man City doing it a couple of times, yeah. and it worked. Obviously, he had two very good games against those, and then Kite has done the same. I thought he was really really good, and that was the most encouraging thing for me was that I, I have watched a, a, quite a bit of him since we were signing him in the Bundesliga. It's the deafness because when you talk about him, everyone talks about drive, determination, power, strength, agility, all physical attributes, but it was the deafness of that touch to Robertson. It's like he's... Outside del- of the boot as well. He's delivered that with like a note on it to say, right, mate, you have to put this on the back yeah, post. Yeah, I agree. Because there's nothing else you can do with this pass and I'm making sure you can't... You're not going to take a touch. You don't have to take a touch. It's going to be weighted perfectly and all you've got to do is tap it to that ladder. The and he's stick. drawn the two defenders to him yeah. as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. He's weighted to just the perfect point before he's released the ball. And as you say, Robertson doesn't have a choice and Mo Salah makes it ap- academic at the back stick as well. Yeah. Um, I must admit, you know, we did the uh, stats and tactics show. Uh, I won't talk about it too much now. Um, and I got to look at Kaita's game, and we looked at every single touch that he made and analysed his performance. And I came out of that absolutely buzzing again because it's one thing to see a highlights, a ninety-second highlights of someone's day. It's much, mo- it's much more important, I believe, to see every touch that they've made yeah. again because then you can get an informed opinion about it. Warts and all, you know, there's good. There was some bad. You know, he lost the ball two or three times where he wasn't really under enough pressure. A couple of little back heels that yeah, didn't come Yeah, you know what? Game. But that's that's going to be his game. And the important stuff is what he does when he's got the ball at his feet and what he can do driving the team forward. And it was a real surprise for me to see him go out on that left wing as well, Steve. Uh, I didn't really expect him to. I don't think he was as good out there, to be fair to him, as he was centre midfield. But it, equally, it's not a position he's used to. He's not done it in pre-season even. But really, that relationship that he's built up with Andrew Robertson, and the movement off of and with Sadio Mane, they, those three guys look like they've been playing together for a year or so. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. I, was, it was, I think that was more just a case of, of saving legs a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and getting various players off the pitch. You know, for Firmino, get him off. He doesn't need to be on the pitch no more. He's, he hasn't had much of a pre season. And I, I just, you know, Kaita has. So he's, he should be fully fit so he can go 90 where maybe he doesn't want to risk playing at any other players and stuff. I wouldn't be doing that much if I was Clough. I don't. I think you're wasting them by sticking them out there unless it's an absolute necessity. Kind of like similar thing to Chamberlain, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what What I love about him, Chris, is that he's willing to take a risk, but he takes the risk in the right area. So if he gets to the edge of the area, he will try. He'll go for the killer pass, and five might not work, but the sixth will work. You know what I mean? And that that that's what I think is is a key for him. I think he's a. I think sort of was it match today? We're, we're talking about. Um, his stats in the Bundesliga where he, he played more through balls than anyone else and I thought I, I didn't know that you know it was only when I watched match of day two when I saw that and it's something you don't think about but then when you go, did it he, he, and Liverpool yeah. played five through balls in that game and at right, least okay. three of them came off Naby Keita oh, right, okay. so that stat is 100% right and you could see that and you could see that pre-season you could see it where Daniel Sturridge was running onto these balls and yeah. you know he, did, he does it once for Mo Salah and Mo Salah ends up Playing in Firmino and it's Antonio that comes back and yep. wins the ball off Firmino, but it was the it was the run from Mane as well. He runs right, he runs left to right to free up Firmino. Everything just seems to be a well-oiled machine at the moment, and Kaita's just slot in there. And you're looking at him thinking, this is game week one. You know what I mean? It might take him eight to twelve weeks to get into this game, but he's done it in game week one. How yeah. good is he gonna be in three months? Time? Yeah, there's more to come. And what what he offers us, he offers us the overload option because our fullbacks inevitably are gonna push up. They're happy to go. They know that they've got someone sitting, you know, probably it was my album the other day. They know they've got, you know, an absolute tower at centre half who just stops everything. They're up to the full backs will go. So there's two, you've got the front three, so there's five of our lads, and now you've got the sixth properly driving on because that's what that again, if we're just I thought Milner was great, but there's no way James Milner does makes that run. He's he's gonna do his game and rightly that's all he has to do, he'll facilitate everyone else. That is terrifying. I think or as soon as he runs with the ball, someone's Got to break that block, mm. so you can't have your. Like you mentioned before, you 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 your line because West Ham held a high line and they, yeah, it was, right on the edge of the block. And it was a pre- it? it was pretty solid. You know, I mean, our goal it should have been offside because it was a good line that the, that the uh, they held. But someone's got to come out because you can't just let the lad run with it because we all know he can score from distance. 
And as soon as he runs and someone comes out, well, there's... There's, there's three players and against three defenders. There's half a yard. And there's movement. Exactly. And that's all you need, isn't yeah, it? Okay, it's, it's, another guy that no one's really spoken about that I've seen anyway. Um, Joe Gomez, they, I think... Yeah, we were impressed with him in the ground, weren't we? we were I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody's wanted to see Joe Gomez at centre-half for a long time now. Certainly alongside Virgil van Dijk. We got glimpses of it during pre-season. But Arnautovic is a guy who will have been rubbing his hands together before that game. You know he's not he's not he's looking at Liverpool's defence and he's going well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit on Van Dijk's shoulder that's you know suicide. I'll go on to Joe Gomez and I'll see what I can get out of that left hand out of that right hand side. Sorry of Liverpool's defence. You know again I, I've spoken about this before. I was a little bit worried about the inexperience of that right side. Trent, all right he's not fully fit. Felipe Anderson gave him a bit of a tough game, but Arnautovic didn't get pretty much anything apart from that one over the top ball that he pulled down and Joe Gomez recovered. It was a really stellar performance from him. Yeah, and I've said before, haven't I? I think I've mentioned that I've never really seen the hype. I can get why people like him because he's technically sound and you can see about him. I just he looks a bit like he switches off far too much. His concentration goes to bed, and we've seen that last season where he's, he's back post. How many, how many people yeah, back post and he's just left him. Stephen and. I call that. Just, just switched off at the back post. A lot of our full-backs have done that, and he was another one. And that worried me. And, I, and whenever I was clamouring for him to play centre-half, I was like, I understand it, because everyone wants to change, because not everyone's com- you know, convinced by Lovell and, and Matip, uh, and, and rightly so, that they've, they've given reasons for that to be the case. I always thought, is this kid really who you want? Well, if he plays like that, then pick him every game. I thought he was outstanding, actually. And the one criticism I've always had at fullback was that he never really wanted the ball. I always mm. thought like he doesn't really he doesn't really want that. You pass it to him and you lay him on, and I don't think he he really wanted it. You know, what I mean, he's a defender, but he he was comfortable with the ball. You know, he was driving on through midfield. He was playing nice passes, but more importantly than that, he just defended well. He was he got a, he was aggressive, which I've always wanted our other centre half to be. It's why I think Klopp picks Lovren, yeah, because he's aggressive. Because Van Dijk's not aggressive. No. he's the most chilled out Dutchman in the world. So wh- do you remember that one I pointed out to you and. I mean, you'd seen it anyway because he was running towards us. But um, the Arnautovic is sprinting back, and it always happens. And, and Virgil's just sort of jogging at a little, <laughs> little dead slow pace. And he's like, I'll wait for you to catch up with me. And as soon as you get to me, I'm just going to tackle you or for block him. your run or whatever. Like, he's so cool under pressure. Like He's very languid. And he very rarely has to turn the afterburners on. Grand Icon, when he does, he, he's fine. He's absolutely, he's absolutely world, you know, world class. Is he's that brilliant. something then, that, you know, the, the Gomez, the Van Dyke partnership, do you see the first sort of shoots of a good partnership there? Yeah, because it, 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 there's nothing really. The only, again, teams will target Joe Gomez. He needs to be well aware of this because you're getting no change out of targeting Virgil Van Dyke. Because again, I thought he was outstanding at the weekend. Actually, I don't know if it, if it translated on the TV because West Ham didn't have much of the ball around our box. But every time it went near him, he was absolutely fine. He, again, he could have he could have walked down with his you know his slippers on because he was that good. So they're going to come after Gomez. So he has to be prepared for that. And he's done well against one good Premier League striker. If he can continue that, you know, if he plays at Palace, that's a different kettle of fish. You know, you've got Zaha making runs. We've got, we've got Leicester coming up soon. There as well. Leicester comes up away soon, doesn't it? And Vardy's caused us an all world of problems in in the last. He scores every time he plays against us. So if he can, if he's if he knows that and he's prepared for it, if he sticks with his aggression, I think he'll be fine. Because that was the one thing I thought he lacked. It's why I I, I don't like Matip playing too much because yeah. I think he's too passive. If Gomez is happy to go and win the ball. And you know what? It's not the end of the world if you kick him forty yards out and you give a free kick away. That, that isn't the end of the world. What he used to do for a while, he'd give those fouls away too close to our box. But if he's going out to win a ball and he smashes someone, I'll deal with that. I, I thought it was a really promising start. And if, if I was Klopp, I'd stick with it for a while. Obviously, Lovren and Matip are both. Fit, well, fit, Matip looks like he's back in training very, very soon. Lovren I would. St- I'd stick. With, I'd stick so. with. I'd stick with Gomez for now. Um, and see if he can earn the place. And it, this is it for him now, isn't it? If he wants this centre half place, there's no better chance. He's I'd not going to get this no lad's chance. coming at left back. He's he's done a, a stint at right back, but he clearly wants to play centre half for Liverpool. And this is his opportunity. He's got to grasp it with both hands. And he, he couldn't have really asked for a better start. To be honest, I thought his positioning was brilliant. His defending was brilliant. You know, I, I loved the way Van Dijk talked him through the game. But he equaled the way that he was speaking to Trent, and he was also speaking to James Milner in front of him. You know, it's about making sure that everything works. It can't can't just be about making sure you do your job right in a team game. It has to be. You've got to sort of 
you used the word before, but facilitate everybody else. Now, James Milner was co- covering for Trent as Trent goes forwards, and equally, Gomez was talking to Milner about his positioning and, and getting it off that. thought it was an outstanding performance. Um, yeah, he was good. Before we get into the second part of the show, which we're going to be looking at why people are saying it's a two-horse title race, um, and it actually asking the question of, is it a two-horse uh, title race. We are going to give you a, a little plug for our Stats and Tactics show, which was out this week. And this one is titled Why Kaita is Perfect for Liverpool. Basically, it's how many passes the opposition team make per minute before you do in a defensive action. And Colin actually classifies a defensive action as a tackle, an interception, a challenge or a failed tackle and a foul. So let's go back to what we were looking at here. We're basically giving them six passes before we're trying to get the you know get the ball. Nine point eight in the second quarter and the final sorry the second third and the final third of the first half five and we sort of consistently kept it around that. We tailed off towards the end again. We have more possession. Whereas look, they're like nine point six. They start the game in the middle of the game when we start to ramp up that possession. They can't get near us. They just cannot get near us. I mean, 60 passes at one point during the game before they were able to get a ball back. And then it goes out to like 89 or something like that. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And now, that's down to the quality of us in possession of the ball, first and foremost. Absolutely superb. Of course it is. But it's recovering the football that Jürgen Klopp wants Liverpool to do. And it's the intensity in which we recover that football. So Liverpool going on total as every seven passes or something, we're trying to get a foot on that ball. So yeah, that was just a, li- a little piece from the Stats and Tactics show. It's 54 minutes long this week, about 30 minutes looking at all the stats and everything from the weekend, and then looking at Naby Keita's performance in depth and detail, about 25 minutes or so, analysing his runs, analysing how he uses the ball. Uh, feedback so far has been really good on the show, um, so please do, if you fancy it, go over there. We do this after every single Liverpool game. Uh, we analyse it in depth. Uh, it's £5 a month. First month is free, of course. If you don't like it, fuck it off. If you do like it, keep on giving us the money because we'll keep on producing the content. Uh, so, um, topic number two. People are already talking about it being a two-horse title race, Steve. Yep. It's a bit mad after one game. It's very mad after one game. Um, Just I, to bring the dampeners down on the Liverpool fans. No, like. no. Listen, we deserve, we should be in that conversation after this one. We've had and what we've done. We, we That's what we want. We aspire to be this. Um, I don't know how you can tell after one game, maybe. I, I've always thought, if, it, if it, I thought City will win the league and I still think City will win the league. If anyone's going to push them, I think it'll be us. That, that's what I've thought. Also. I'm exactly and that, the same as you. And that's where I'm still at now. But listen, you can't just write any, anyone off at this stage, can you? Know, Chelsea won 3-0 and they, weren't, they didn't even play very well. So if Sari clicks and gets it going, they, they could be a good team. Um, why would you write Tottenham off? Don't tread over the entire agenda, Steve. No, but you know what I'm saying? There's, there's tons and tons to go through. It was like, it's, it's a bit bizarre, but what I would say is that I, think, I, I thought we were the second best team in the league last year when we've got everyone playing. The issue was the issue was we never had it. we never had that That's team. It. I think there's a you know I I believe and I've said this so many times over the last couple of months. I believe Liverpool can win the league. Will we win the league? I think it's going to be difficult. Um, but look, look, Manchester City. Everybody knows about their strength and depth. We'll start with them. Uh, they're the incumbent champions first and foremost. They set the record for the most points in a Premier League season. They're pretty much the best Premier League side I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and they've got the most strength and depth. They've only added to it. They're another year into the Pep Guardiola revolution. Everybody says they can't win 100 points again. I think they'll be better than last season. Now, they might not win 100 points, but they beat Arsenal at a canter. And I know that Arsenal are in a you know a world of change at the moment with losing Wenger and Unai Emery coming in and stuff like that. And you know he's got to bed a few new signings, Steve. But Pep Guardiola showed a lot of balls in his side there. You know, Sane sat on the bench, De Bruyne sat on the bench. They're not even asked when Aguero misses that opportunity at 1-0 because they just know they're going to keep on rolling and keep scoring goals. Yeah, there's, there's no sign that they're going to slow down. Like I say, they might not get 100 points again. I hope they don't, but you can see them get 90, can't you? You'd be surprised if they weren't around that. So that's what Liverpool have to aspire to. And that's why every game's going to be massive for us now because we have to we have to just keep up with them. And I, I, I said, we had a season preview a while ago. I remember saying, we have to just get to March, April, and we're still close to them. That's the that's the objective, and then you just see how that goes, because they won the title by October last year. Yeah. Halloween and the title. That the pressure title. could make a difference. The title race was done, um, and also they want to win the Champions League, so they might go. You know what? Eggs in one basket. Their changes are much better than what we could make at the end of last. You know, they they won't have. 
Tom Slanky and Danny Ings playing up front in the, in the in the derby, for example. But they might say, you know what, the Bruyne isn't very fresh, so let's bring another lad in, and it, it, he won't be as good. He'll still be a very good player, whoever they brought in, but he won't be Kevin De Bruyne. Or they might say, you know, well, do we want to give Sterling and Sane a bit of a break because you know they've run ragged? And listen, they'll play Bernardo Silva and Mares, yeah, and that's great, pretty decent options. Exactly. So it's not. I'm not saying like they're going to drop off many levels because they're not. But that, we just need to put that pressure on them where they can't just canter through through games. Um, and you just kind of hope as well that teams go at Manchester City a bit yeah. differently this season. You know, everybody just sat back hoping not to get tonked and they got tonked last season. Change it up. If you're getting beaten anyway, you might as well go at them, go at the throats, try and get something because that's three points that you're not getting. You know, it, it just, it would seem nuts to me to just go into the game and try and get a draw. It just doesn't seem like you've got the quality. Many teams have got the quality to be able to do that, but you can catch them on a bad day and you can catch them off guard if you go at them. Liverpool showed that last season. Um, Wigan showed it as well, I think it was, in the United, FA Cup. Even in the second half of that game against United, the United went beaten. They went, you know what, Pogba... We You're unleashed, not winning the league, yeah. They unleashed Pogba and he caused, he caused mayhem because as great as City are, and they are a great team, they're the best team I've seen in the league, you know, the Arsenal Invincibles were a very good team and stuff, but City's got 100 points. They won like 30 games or something ridiculous. They're, they're the best team I've seen, but they're not infallible. I'd, you know, sent, Defensively, the centre-backs, I don't think, company aside, are amazing. I think Laporte could be, but there's more to come. I think you can get at Stones. I think you can get Artemendi. Both good players, very good players. They're not infallible. No one's infallible, but teams just... And uh, we've had this conversation before. It's why I think goal difference in the league as, a, as the first tiebreaker is... Is a bit, it ruins that because teams will just take a two 0 loss because mm. the last thing you want is to like lose seven and you know minus seven goal difference because goal difference could keep you up. For ten teams who are battling relegation, they think you know what, if we get beat two 0 my goal difference is all right, and I can go and I can look at my players in the eye and say right lads, unlucky. If yeah. we get sunk seven, and if you're at the bottom of that league as well, you know, self preservation comes yeah. into it. Yeah, you know, a, a seven 0 defeat by a team, and you're like. You're looking over your shoulder, oh my word, you know what I mean? A 2 0 defeat at the Etihad, then you're like, oh well, you know, everybody gets beaten there. You get beat 7 0 your first on match of the day, you get beat 2 0 against Man City away, and you're probably fourth on because, you know, you know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not out the ordinary, it's to be expected. And that's where I want Liverpool to be. I want teams turning up to play us, happy to lose 2 0. And once you get to that stage, that's when you're a title challenger, that's when you're a, you know, a potential champion. So, listen, if, if Liverpool win this league, it's going to be some effort. It's going to be because City are fantastic. the team that finishes above City wins the league. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Simple as that, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So it is nuts that it, it's even being spoken about as a two-horse title race. But I've got to say, it's nice to be on the conversation. Yeah. It's nice that other fans are looking at us, going, "They've done brilliantly well this summer. They've started. They went to the Champions League final last year. They've started brilliantly. They couldn't have asked for a better start." Uh, let's have a little look around some of the other teams. Then we, we yeah. spoke briefly about Arsenal before. What do you make of their new signings and? Personally, thought the defence looked a bit slow. Yeah, I, I tipped them for top four because I was big on... I thought he'd come in and organise them and I, I believe in Aubameyang to get the goals and stuff. Having looked at that game, it doesn't. it's one game against Man City, so you can't doubt it too much. And, and a few of the best players didn't play. I think he's made the mistake in goal straight away. Leno would just pick him. Just pick Leno, honestly. If, you're, if you want to play off from the back, then you don't pick Pepper I mean, Cech. technically put one in the back Literally, of I've never seen anyone since Cadius do that. You know, give it out for a corner. Like, and I'd like to say I've never seen anyone do that, but I, I kind of think I did that on Pro Evo today. That, yeah, fair enough. Something very similar. Cadius done it off a goal kick, remember? That was odd. But, but yeah, he, so you, he's, made that, he's made that one wrong. He didn't play Terreira, did he? Which was odd. No. He's, your, he's, your, he's your man who's coming to solve all your midfield problems. Well, pick him. Because I can assure and you... you got the young lad there and you got Maitland... Niles playing. Niles playing at left back instead of you know he's a right mid normally isn't he and then Mustafi and Socrates as the centre backs. They, they they're gonna have to score a lot of goals. So I don't think they're very good defensively at all. But Torreira will help that. He's really good. I don't get it. Is it just blood them in? Are they not fit? I don't know. I can assure you, you will not do anything with Granit Xhaka holding the midfield down. You'll lose. It's a lot gonna of take games. a long time, isn't it? And I, I wonder whether Arsenal fans are gonna be able to give them that time. Equally, it is also what they've asked for. You've got three got years they've been talking about this, so you kinda have to give him time. The squad, when you look when you go when you drill into their squad, it's not that good. It's quite top heavy. I think Aubameyang's a star. I am a big fan of Lacazette. He's much better when Lacazette came yeah, on. Yeah, I think Taylor's a good player, but you know, everyone else is like a they've got a Europa League squad because they're a Europa League side. So as as good as Ozil is, is he like a star star Champions League top player? On his day, yes. 
it's day isn't often enough. Yeah, you're right. Is Aaron Ramsey that you know? Is, all these you just look through the list of players: Hector Bellerin, Petr Cech, or whoever. They're all they're like Europa League standard players now, and that's because Arsenal are the Europa League team. So, I'm, I like Emery from what I see, just mainly from Seville. I mean, PSG was a, a different story, and it didn't really work for him. And I think he'll have them organised. But I, if on the season preview, I top, I tipped them for top four, and already I'm starting to think I was probably a bit. Premature, I must admit, I, I think I had them as fifth and Chelsea as sixth. I'm already thinking... Might go the other way. Go the other way. Yeah, I really do. And I, I must admit, you know, I was talking to Ped yesterday from Toffee TV on Ball Street and he's like, Arsenal are the ones we're chasing. That's our target, is yeah. to get to Arsenal and overtake them. Might be a little bit much to ask for them, but you know what, that's how, that's how they've got to approach it. Okay, um, a team that I really rate, I'm sure you do as well, no one's talking about them. It's Tottenham Hotspur. Like... I can't understand why people aren't talking about Tottenham for title challenges. I just think they're that good. Yeah, I be honest, I had them dipping back. They had the ones I had Arsenal pipping to, and it was just mainly... Listen, it, the lack of ambition staggering to me. Because Man City got 100 points, and Tottenham didn't get nowhere near 100 points. So, unless they, they believe that Pochettino, who's a very good manager and he's a good coach, can coach his team to get an extra 20 points or so, 15, 20 points, and then hope City lose... That's what that's what they that's what they've said by that summer. We don't think that there's anyone. We we're not going to invest in this squad, so we think we're good enough to with you as managers to, to bridge that gap. And I just don't think they are. Do you? Do you? I'll play devil's advocate here. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp says I'm not I'm not going to sign that that centre back last summer because I want I want Virgil Van Dijk. If Pochettino's looking at the players and going, the lads who are interested in me don't improve this side. What's the point in spending the money, Steve? No, I, I understand. I understand the thinking. I just don't think it's going to work for them. You know, well, I, of course it won't. Yeah. If you don't improve your side. Yeah, so they're going to. They, well, they, you they, don't they, make your side worse no. by spending loads of money no, either. And, so and they had injuries, didn't they? So if, if everyone can stay a bit a bit fitter, then they'll got every chance. But I don't think they've done anything to win the league. I think they might again. Top four looks on for them, and they should do. They've got a lad who, if he, if he plays thirty games, he'll score you thirty games. He'll score you twenty five to thirty goals. That's what they've got up front in Harry Kane. Big help. Um, so and they got like you know like Ericsson who, who provide for them. They got very good defenders. They got Ali's going to be a year improved. They got a decent goalie. So they they got what it takes by all means. I just think the reason that no one's talking about them is because they haven't done nothing in the market to, to make the splash. If they either went and got that one, that one sign, and, and I, like for example, I think they need a midfielder. If they went and got a Fabinho or a Kaita, you'd be thinking Tottenham, Tottenham in business. But because the lack of investment, everyone thinks well, if they don't, if they're not trying to win it, then why should we think they're going to win it? I, I presume that's the psyche, but. They're a good listen, they're a good team, they've got a decent team, they've got a very good manager. I still think they'll finish third in the league, to yeah. be honest. And, and that will be overcoming some bloody difficult obstacles. You know, they had so many England players at the World Cup, like, and all that yeah, type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, United, they look ready to implode. Uh, Mourinho's looking mental, but you know what? Paul Pogba goes and changes the game. You know, he, he obviously scores that penalty. It was a coolly taken penalty as well, in fairness to him. Like, uh, one of the better ones that I've seen recently. They for me look like a top four, but they don't look anywhere near like title challenges. Yeah, I don't know. In that, I think they've got a really good goalie, and I think that helps. He saves them a lot of points. And when Lukaku's playing, they've got a lot of scores, so they they can win. You know, they they done it last year. They're actually not very good defensively, and yet they have more cleans. You know, they won the Golden Gloves because he's that because he's that good. And when you've got something like that, and then you've got Lukaku. Who, 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 some call him a flat track bully. I think he's better than that. But listen, he bangs goals past couple of teams, doesn't he? He does. He can score against good teams as well, but he puts bad teams to the to the sword. So the issue with Man United got is everyone just looks miserable. Yeah, they're looking like no one's no one's enjoying it. The manager looks like he's an only job. He's called himself the head coach because he didn't get the players he wanted. Brilliant. There's there's a disconnect. And I, I was watching the game and Jamie Carragher was commentating on on Sky. And he made a really good point: is that they've got a disconnect between their transfer policy and the manager they've got. Yeah, because their manager wants lads who are 28, 29, 30. Buy them. I'll, I'll win you stuff with if you get me Toby Alderweireld. I will win you titles. I promise you. But don't worry about five years down the line because you, you'll get nothing back for them when we sell them. And there's no, you know, there's not, there's not much commercial going on. But they, but let's remember this: they picked the manager. That's what I'm saying. They picked him. So it's their own mistake. So they, for all for all the bluster yeah. of Mourinho's not being backed, it's equally just the board's fault. Absolutely. So that's what I'm saying about the disconnect. They've either got the wrong manager or the wrong board or the wrong I don't know, what's the word policy or, or philosophy. They don't match what they're trying to do. So what they said was, you know, we want we thought we might get Rafa around for hundred million when he wasn't available. Well, we thought, well, blah blah blah, and resale value and all that. Toby Alderweireld's getting on. 
where but you've got Mourinho as your manager. He won't be here in five years' time. He just won't. So he's not, and he's not worried about that. And he's not the manager you hired. You didn't hire someone to build your club for the next, you know, sustainable for the next ten years. Because you hired Jose Mourinho, he doesn't do that. You know, look at everywhere he's been. It falls apart after three, four, five years. What I would say is that they've got really good players. Yeah, they've got some really, really good players. I, I must so admit. don't anyone writing them off because of you know the mood and stuff. The mood was pretty crap around Man United last year. They got 89 points come second and got to a cup final. They're a good team with good players. Yeah, I think it's always their quality that wins out yeah. more than more than anything else. And you know, everyone talks about the defence. You just mentioned the Thursday thing about you know the, the craft defence and stuff. I, I I disagree slightly in that I think man for man, it's a poor defence. But when the whole team plays in Mourinho's style, yeah. you can cover for that. Yeah. You know what I mean, and, yeah. and that ultimately makes a decent defense. Um, yeah. Okay, and last one to talk about is is Saria Chelsea. Then I suppose um, yeah. they come in. Jorginho gets a goal. I, I, actually, another really cool penalty from the weekend. It's like a, it's like a triple jump. Was he it? just it was, jumped, and the goalkeeper dived and basically went. Oh, <laughs> he went to the floor like he'd just been done, and you're like. He's asked that you on toast there, mate. I just wonder now if if, if they get a penalty in the next game and he takes it, will the next goalie stand up? You know, I mean, don't, don't fall for it again. But, that, but then he's just knocking it past you, and then you go, which is, oh, I didn't die. I'd rather not. I'd rather not fall for that because that's embarrassing. Because he literally just like it, was, it looked like something out of a Monty Python sketch. He just kind of like leaps in the air Please, randomly. <laughs> Robin does that. My daughter does that <laughs> with a with a freaking. What do you call it? One of those horses on a fucking stick. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That in our living room, and that's what he's falling for for a yeah. bloody penalty in the he's, Premier League. Yeah, it was. It's quite embarrassing for the for darling goal to be honest. Poor Huddersfield goalie. So yeah, don't fall for that again. If you're the next goalie playing Chelsea, I think it's Arsenal. He played the weekend, so Petr Cech, whoever he falls for it, or Leno, whoever, don't do that. Um, they, they, they're going to be a difficult one this season to judge. They're so used to the upheaval, aren't they? The Chelsea players um, that they're kind of used to it, but you know, it, it does make you worry a little bit for Chelsea as being challenges because you remember what happened with Conte yeah. you know and they started the season pretty poorly and then he just changed his formation it just seemed to click and then all of a sudden they were rocking and they were rolling if any team can get through the maddest summer of all time and win a title it's Chelsea because they've done it plenty of times they used to change it like you say the players are used to a different manager all the time the fans are used to this change Every, the club is used to change it's what they do they evolve constantly probably too much so they who knows? What I would say about them is they've got a very good defensive midfield. You know, Kante and Jorginho will be good. But again, you look at their defence and you think, especially in central areas, Kale, Louise, Rudiger, Christiansen, decent. But it's not, again, not infallible, is it? And again, time will tell on this goalie because we don't know that much about him. And I think, I think they're really going to struggle up front in yeah, terms of... Sari wants a mobile striker, doesn't he? You know, Dries Mertens plays... He's got two Napoli. pretty mobile strikers. He's got Morata, Morata and... You've got Morata and Giroud, hasn't he, pretty much? Unless he starts using Hazard. By the way, you know, Giroud's a striker that I really rate. Yeah, he's a good player. But everybody else has got 30 goal a season strikers and they don't. I think he's I think he's really good, I do, but I don't know if he's a Sarri striker. So will, someone's going to have to change something somewhere, aren't they? Um, again, it's just so hard to know what they're going to be. They didn't play well, but they won 3 0, so credit to them, you know what I mean? I, they, to me, look like ones who. I wouldn't be surprised if they come second, but I wouldn't be surprised if it absolutely fell to bits and come sixth. And the manager's already downplayed stuff, you know, we're struggling, I need time. Fair play to him, he's, down, he's downplaying it all. But again, it, it, it's the Premier League from seven downwards, there's a there's sometimes a lack of quality. Mm. And if you can go on a pitch and you're, you're sticking goal like Kante on there and you stick Eden Hazard on there, you know, Aspilicueta is a fantastic player. You know, just quality, you'll win more games than you lose. And that... That's why this league, I think everyone's going to do pretty well against those sides, especially at home. The top six playing each other. Exactly. Side, I think yeah. Arsenal, even uh, Arsenal's record at home against crap teams is, is genuinely pretty good. And I think most sides will be in that category. We'll, we'll win a lot of games. And I think that divide between six and seven will be as big as it was last year. So it's, it's how you get on against each other. And I just don't know if Chelsea are that equipped yet to, to, to win those games where last year... You know, they beat us 1-0, they, they sneak one here and there. I just don't know if that's what they've got in them yet. Okay, we'll move on to some comments then. Um, this one's from uh, at Robbie the Red. Uh, if your life was amazing, yeah. what are you saying? My life's pretty good already. Amazing though? <laughs> could be better. I, I could have hair. You could have hair? Yeah. Absolutely. And last more than three minutes? 
Yeah, but that's just a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if your life was amazing, Liverpool winning everything every year, you were getting more sex than you could handle, which is four minutes by all accounts. But then you found out you were connected to the Matrix. Would you want to be disconnected where Liverpool was shit and you'd not had sex in years, or would you stay in? So basically, Steve, what he's saying to you there is, here's everything you could win, and here's your life as it is now, Steve. Liverpool are shit. But you've not had sex in years. I mean, I hope I've, had, I've got a six-month-year-old daughter. I really hope that I've had sex because otherwise I'm asking serious questions. Um, oh, I'd, I'd connect in absolutely. Stay as long connected. as my family are about and my kids are about, then yeah, I'm staying in absolutely. I, I think that's the easiest question <laughs> ever, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's not a problem as long as as long as I can also make sure that I forget. You know, I don't want I don't want to have the guilt of, of knowing. Yeah. That you know, I've picked a computerized life over my own or yeah. whatever. Uh, so we'll move on. Then Keith McKeown, why the mini versions of Mars bars t- things taste so much better than the full size one? Less guilt. You think that's why? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I think I don't know. I don't. I don't think it comes also, down to guilt for me. Also, if you put the, the entire Mars bar in your mouth, you, you're probably getting a little bit more chocolate, aren't you, than just a bite of one bit because you're not getting as you're not you're getting the ends covered as well. So maybe it's that. But I, I'm with him. I, I do think I'm a fan of the, you know the miniatures, like you know the celebrations and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm I like him, the yeah. variety of it. I don't yeah. think like if you were to put a Mars bar and a mini Mars bar next to each other, a who does that? Who's actually had the, like, <laughs> the Coke Pepsi challenge yeah. with a Mars bar and a mini Mars bar? <laughs> um, so there's an enjoyment factor of just having a, a, a something. But then you know you get a box of celebrations. Other chocolates are available, of course. You can just have the others apart from obviously the bounties. Yeah, yeah. they're always. I mean, they're that, the dad sweets. Like as a dad now. Do you always have to eat the bounties? Yeah, left. I, I won't even. I just you don't even leave them. I, 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 them. Oh yeah, I'm not eating bounties. Oh, I'll eat them. The chocolate, like no, absolutely. obviously. Yeah, I'm absolutely not. You eating don't bounties. get a body like this from not eating the bounties. I'm, I'm, the I'm the quite box. happy to to say to me, Lucas, you love bounties, and she's like, <laughs> and there's new with the galaxy caramels. You won't like them, son. They're they're horrible. You have you have the this... Maltese tastes better in the non-round form, I think. Yeah, because again, more chocolate involved. I think that's why. Yeah, well, they gave Lucas a bounty last time, and he taught me that that daddy why do these taste like sun cream? <laughs> First of all, stop eating sun cream. <laughs> Uh, and secondly, fair enough, mate. I won't fall. I won't. I won't try and bribe you into the bounties anymore. But yeah, okay. I'm with. I'm with. I'm with Keith there. I, I, I don't know why. We we, we got, you know physics. It's normally the answer or maths. Yeah, some, someone someone somewhere's uh, figured this all out. Uh, Matthew May on Facebook. If blank gets a long term injury, it ruins our team's chances of silverware. Go. Uh, I'm gonna go. If Firmino gets a long term injury, it ruins our team's chances of silverware. If Virgil van Dijk gets a long team injury, yeah. it ruins our team's chances. Yeah, well. absolutely. Like they're, I mean, yeah. they're the positions on the field where you feel like you just don't have the backup for. Now, I think a few people will have gone for Mo Salah in that situation. You're probably yeah, not yeah. wrong on that. But I just feel with Shakiri there, you can get through an injury with him. Obviously, the backup to that's not great. Um, but I feel like you know I agree with you, Virgil van Dijk, Roberto Firmino, Allison. Yeah. Are probably the three positions yeah. that were my number one, number two, and, and the only three. reason I went Van Dyke over for me, you know, they were me too. I was thinking, well, if needs be, it just sticks Salah up front for long term, so for three months, you play Shakiri and Mane and, and whoever else on the wings and stuff, and then you get by. If Van Dyke goes down, I think we're knackered. Mm. I genuinely think we're absolutely, we're absolutely knackered because everyone else is a compl- he's made us better, he's made everyone around them better, and teams now don't fancy him. We're in you know, opposition teams. Where what about the carrier shout? Yeah, again, but I again. Oh, the Shout. Yeah, no, I get your point, but then we nearly won something last year until he threw it in. But yeah, maybe that they, but they're probably the top of the answers you would go for, wouldn't you? In that, but I just think if Van Dyke goes down, we're we're in big big trouble. <laughs> okay, Ronan Doyle. Uh, question for Chris. There's actually two on here that that are very similar. Apologies, Stay. Uh, when you go to a game, do you ever think fact taking video footage? I just want to look at the match and roll some songs out. Uh, and Sam Miley. Uh, from our subscribers group just a quick question about the practicality practicalities of what you guys do firstly do you ever feel there's a sense of judgment for always having your phone camera out at the match can't help but think some people would be annoyed by it secondly are you not able to have a bevy at the match since you're technically meant to be working couldn't imagine going the game without going the pub beforehand um Okay, two questions that are very, very similar I suppose first and foremost I hate getting my phone out at the match to be honest with you um, but Nowadays, it affords me to do this for my life. So, in comparison can I to ju- that, can I jump in on you as well? It says there, I just want to look at, the, I just want to look at the match and roll some songs out. Having sat next to you at the, at the in the cop at the weekend, 
I can assure you, Chris does not stop roaring the songs out, regardless. You, you do, don't you? you yeah, yeah. The phone's kind of down there, and you're still singing away, and you're still cheering the team. And we were having conversations, and there's probably clippings of it. When I think on, I actually watched your story of the match. I think when Manny goes in, me and you having a chat, was you offside? Because you, because it's just like you've almost forgotten about it to an extent. Yeah, no, I do. So you, you, I don't I think it's ever. I don't think it's, it, like. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think you're sitting. You're not sitting there constantly looking, ta- talking to your phone and. You are engaged in the football as well, so I would say that to people who, who didn't know. And then I think you know, the, the, I think to answer Sam one, there is a sense of judgment sometimes if you get your phone out, especially when you turn the camera on you yeah. and not on the crowd. There is definitely a sense of judgment there. And I really dislike doing that, but again, it comes back to this: I could be running a restaurant or I could be doing this. So you know what? I might not enjoy doing it. It's not the best part of my week, but my way does it afford us everything else that we can achieve. Um, so that's boss. And then secondly, the bevy thing, I generally drive to the match nowadays, so I can't have a bevy anyway. Um, we, we I, tend I fill to... my boots on a ways though. <laughs> yeah, we, we tend to meet, don't we, before, and then we have a chat and stuff. And yeah, that's... that's I, I'm the same with you. Right? We drive, we park in the same place and stuff, so I'm with you. Is that The pub thing doesn't bother me because I'm, st- I'm still socialising with my mates anyway. And those chats that we were having in the pubs, quite often we just have them on camera anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So that's cool for me. Like, uh, at Mickey Clark underscore 97, who do you think will be our top four goal scorers this season in order? I actually struggled with the fourth here. Yeah, so did I. So Salah... One, Mane, two, Firmino, three. Exactly the same up to there. Genie Wijnaldum, four. Ooh! Da, da, yeah. da, da. Last year it was it was like, it was Coutinho, Chan, Chamberlain, wasn't it? I think it was four, five, and six. Well, I think from what I've seen from Wijnaldum, he played the six the other day, needs most. When Henderson and Fabinho are back, he won't be playing there much. And I think it'll be his job to be the one who, who makes that third man run. He done it... Uh, he did he, it twice at the weekend. Yeah, he didn't, and he done it. Obviously, three. And obviously, excuse me, he scores and Napoli as well. Napoli scores. Four. Just a little, it won't be many. It might be ten. Well, I mean, I'd take ten in all competitions, maybe. But I think he will be the one who's who's, who's tasked with doing what Chamberlain was okay. doing. I I came up with three names. Why Naldon wasn't one of them? Okay. I I actually plucked for Naby Keita. Yep. I think he's going to get into those yep. uh, positions and, and score a few goals for us. Absolutely. Uh, the other one is Shakiri. Because I won, I would just wonder whether how much he's going to be used this season. If yep. he's used a lot, I think he can get ten goals. Yep. And finally, obviously Daniel Sturridge, and I wrote him off because he's probably going to miss half the season. Yeah, sure. But I was thinking Milner if he took pens, but then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it looks like he's not going to take pens, isn't he? Because he hasn't took the last cup. Manny's and then Fabinho took them. Uh, I hope Manny and I put Ojo Man- could be brought on for them. Maybe so. Yeah. I I put Manny second because I think he might be our pen taker. I I you know what I had Manny second not not for the penalties thing. I just think he's going to be awesome this yeah, season. Yeah, sure. uh, and final question of the podcast before we continue with the subscribers special: um, Win Champions League or Premier League on three? One, two, three. Yeah, Premier League. 100%. Not even a question. Listen, I'm not being flippant. Off me the Champions League, and I'm happy for it. But I've seen Liverpool win that Champions League. I'm 30 years old and I have no recollection of Liverpool winning the league title. I think, obviously, I was like four last time they won it or something ridiculous like that or three. So, yeah, absolutely Premier League. It's, what, it's what we dream of. It's the of hardest it. competition to win. It's what we all, we all aspire. You know, Ever since the second I've been doing this with you guys, it's always been how the Liverpool win the league, how the Liverpool win the league. And it, we, we've, we've bridged the gap from being absolute dog shit to Champions League contending, top four contending. Now I think we're an established top four club the only next step and it's why I was a bit critical of Tottenham before is once you've established that never be happy being there you go again so that, yeah it has to be the Premier League and I remember 2005 and the party that we had Yeah, I, if we won the league I remember when we lost against Newcastle sorry we beat Newcastle but we we kind of fingered all these Peter Way Palace and Chelsea the party in Liverpool on that night we beat Newcastle was amazing because everyone had booked the tickets anyway just in case you know weeks in advance it was what a night it was time was bouncing if we win this title I mean, I, I might not come home for it. I've already, I've already told Claire, and I've, I've had permission, and this is we, we've agreed already. If Liverpool win the league, I'm, I'm allowed to go missing for a, a few days because the party is going to be ridiculous. So yeah, we'll I just have a party here, mate. You can stay here if you want. That's fine. I, I, we'll go seven days. Easy. We'll, we'll go live. Um, we'll go live with seven days straight <laughs> party like, like Big Brother. Yeah, it's going to be horrendous. It's going to be amazing, and I can't wait for it. It's going to happen soon rather than later. I can't wait. 
absolutely couldn't say it better myself and on that note we will end the show thank you very much for uh, watching and listening to the podcast if you're on Acast or iTunes or anything give us a five star rating if you wouldn't mind leave us some comments or some feedback on the show uh, if you're on YouTube let us know your thoughts in the comment section below don't forget to like the video subscribe to the Redmen TV on YouTube and don't forget to check out the RedmenTV.com where all the exclusive videos we produce on a weekly basis sit uh, once again thanks very much for watching thanks for listening I'll see you at the far post tonight